Brad, do you mind if we start early? Okay. Uh, time is now 5.59. I call this meeting in order. This meeting is being held as a connected meeting in accordance with the special procedures during declared disasters, and I'll ask the recording secretary to take the roll call. Chair Basner. Present. Vice Chair Lang. Hey, present. Board Member Evans. Present. Board Member Ashburn. Board Member Borgelt. Present. Board Member Gould. Board Member Plusinski. Present. Liaison Ron Clausen. Here. Town Council Liaison Mayor Pro Tem Desiree LaFleur. Staff in attendance, Brad Boland. Present. And myself, Abigail Nichols. Thank you. Okay, all members are board of present with the exception of Mr. Ashburn and Mr. Gould. Mr. Boland, has this meeting and agenda been noticed in accordance with the requirements of the open meetings law? It has. Thank you, sir. Uh, minutes from the September 6, 2023 board meeting have been distributed to the board. If there are no changes, additions, or deletions to the minutes, a motion to accept the minutes as presented will be accepted. Uh, we voted on this last meeting, but we did not have enough quorum for legal purposes. So, um, I'll make a motion to approve. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Lang. I, I second, second that motion. <laughs> Mr. Plusinski. <laughs> uh, if, if we could have a roll call vote, please. Chair Basner. Aye. Chair, Vice Chair Lang. Aye. Board Member Evans. Uh, I'll abstain since I missed that meeting. Board Member Borgelt. Aye. Board Member Plusinski. Aye. Thank you. Okay, motion is approved by a vote of four to zero with one abstainment. Thank you. Okay. Meetings from the November 1st, 2023 meeting have been distributed to the board. If there are no changes, additions, or deletions to the minutes, a motion to accept the minutes as presented will be accepted. Do we have a motion? So moved. Thank you. Okay. Ms. Evans? Uh, I will second this one. Thank you, Ms. Borgel. Uh, if we could have a roll call vote, please. Chair Basner? Aye. Vice Chair Lang? Aye. Board Member Evans? Aye. Board Member Borgelt? Aye. Board Member Plusinski? Aye. Thank you. Thank you. Please note that passed five to zero. Uh, the board will now hear, well, since uh, Mayor Pro Tem's not here, Mr. Bowen, um, do you want to give us any update uh, in her steed? Oh, sure. Um, happy New Year. Even oh. numbered year. I'm happy about that. Um, some of the things we're going to be working on this year is hopefully we're going to get a volunteer program going. We really have no volunteers. There's no way for people to let themselves think and do uh, history. So we're hopefully going to get a, a volunteer program going. So that will be kind of fun. Uh, we'd like to uh, work on the Greg Gould walking tour. Uh, there's some things, that, some dates that we've found a little off from the uh, the tour and um, what is in the record over at the uh, record center. And then one thing we'd like to investigate is getting it 
on one of those whippy, skippy, on your phone apps where you can walk around, the app knows where you're at because of GPS, and then they'll go on to a long story. Now, I played with the one for the artwork in town, <clears throat> and what they end up having is the artist talk about the piece of art. Unfortunately, for some of the old houses around town, the original owner is probably not around to be able to talk about it. So we may have to be a little creative in, in doing something like that. But it would be great to you know, just walk around and you get this little app that'll give you uh, some information, maybe some pictures, etc. So we've been looking at some of that kind of stuff. Uh, and we'd like to see if we can get that started and going, if that would be okay. So that would be something fun to do. And then you, this year we're going to try to beef up our PR, uh, try to get more people to come to presentations, other little programs around. Uh, it seems to be very repetitious and maybe not grabbing enough people and getting our name out there enough. So that's another thing we're going to work on this year, is just trying to get more visibility. And uh, that's some of our fun things we're going to try to do this year, plus survive. Hey, Ron, what's the scope of your volunteer program? Is it just for the museum itself, or is it other aspects? We don't know. Okay. You know, we've been just chatting about it. Uh, I was a volunteer coordinator over at Castlewood Canyon State Park for a long time, and my whole goal was um, to focus on the volunteer. What I've seen over time, and I get all these brochures, oh, please come and volunteer. Well, what does volunteer mean? Uh, give me money and work for me. Well, what I'd like to do is get something where uh, the volunteer, they get to actually do their thing. They get to present. If they want to work on something, great. If they have an idea of something to create, great. If they want to dress up and have an outlet for their historic uh, needs, great. But it's kind of a little different program than what I've run into in other organizations. It's very focused on the volunteer, and I was always in trouble over at the park because we weren't focused on the park. We were focused on the volunteers and having fun and having an outlet for their creativity. So that's my goal. I don't know what the other board thinks, but okay. that's my goal. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you, sir. Um, and we do have Mayor Pro Tem LaFleur online now. Ms. LaFleur, would you uh, care to give us a town update? Unmute, does he? Maybe we don't have. Maybe we don't. I'll uh, I'll text and I'll text her and see if if, if she wants to 
give us an update after the public hearing item. So we'll move on. Um, we have public hearing item HPB RESO 2024-001, a resolution approving a request for a landmark alteration certificate for 203 North Perry Street, Saunders House, Lot 6, and South 1 half of Lot 5, Block 29, Town of Castle Rock, County of Douglas, State of Colorado. Please make these shorter, Brad. The board must evaluate this proposal under criteria established on the municipal code as summarized in the staff report. The board will hear from the staff, applicant, and the public, which we don't have any, unfortunately, unless... Uh, <coughs> <laughs> um, does any board member have any conflict or interest or any other matter he or she would like to disclose prior to proceeding on this item? Public comments, do we have any public comments? We have not received any. Okay, so we don't have any, so Mr. Boland, if you don't mind giving us your staff presentation, and um, Desi was saying it wouldn't let her unmute, so I don't know if there's some kind of issue with the software on this end. But we can address that after. Okay. All right, so we are here um, for the 203 North Perry Street, also known as Saunders House Landmark Alteration Certificate. Um, the property owner uh, proposes to build an addition and make exterior changes to the locally landmarked house known as Sanders House. Uh, the purpose of the project is for the operation of a new child care facility in downtown Castle Rock. Um, the Historic Preservation Board actually did see this item back in May of 2022. Um, they are, they've changed the scope slightly on the project, um, but proposals to the existing structure have remained the same um, since then, um, where we do see some changes as the um, addition. Uh, 203 North Perry Street is located on the northwest corner of Perry Street and 2nd Street. Uh, surrounding uses are commercial, restaurants, and festival park. Um, as this property is located in the downtown, a site development plan will be required to be reviewed and decided upon uh, by the Design Review Board, and that is currently scheduled for uh, January 24th. So the property was built in the uh, 19, 1870s uh, by George Lord. It was built as a two-room two house. Uh, Mr. Lord um, was the superintendent of DC schools. And one of the things about this property is over the years, there was various property owners that contributed to the history of Castle Rock. However, the historical art, uh, architectural integrity of the building has changed over the years. There have been various um, additions um, throughout the years. The property was uh, landmarked in 2003 um, based off the history of the um, property owners over the years. It was noted um, that the property had significantly changed over the years. Here's a image of the existing flo uh, floor plan. As you can see, uh, the original house is kind of on the south part of the property. Um, overall, it's a two-story building about 1,300 square feet. 
So the proposed addition connects the existing garage and the existing house, and it is approximately 1,300 square feet. It is going to be a one-story structure. On the existing landmark, they are looking to restore or replace um, where needed on the existing windows, um, restore the doors. Uh, they're looking to restore the fired brick chimney and the sparker ruster, uh, replace the asphalt roof, and replace the vinyl siding with a five-inch hardy board. Um, in the cultural survey that was done in 2022, one of the things that they talked about was when they put the vinyl siding on, that really did change the character of the building. So removing that existing vinyl siding, um, staff finds is appropriate, and then they'll be painting the building. Um, with the additional, uh, addition, there'll be a removal of two windows where the building um, is added on to. Um, they are going to be removing the cement block exterior chimney. So there's two chimneys existing right now. And then they'll be doing updates to the uh, property as a whole, adding kind of play areas and, and um, updating the porches. Um, so the pr proposed addition to existing garage, uh, they'll be adding new windows. So they'll be taking the garage doors and creating kind of window doors. Um, they'll be adding five inch wide siding to provide a contrast between the existing building and the new addition. So that way, you know, you can differentiate between the old and the new. Um, there'll be an asphalt roof to match and paint color will be different, but it'll complement um, the existing building. Um, staff does feel that the proposed changes fit the character of the neighborhood into the landmarked property. Uh, my staff report did go further into detail on, on all the specific uh, characters, characteristics that they're adding to the building. Uh, the proposed addition sets apart visually from the landmark, does not overshadow the historic house, carries over similar roof lines, but add elements that are new or different, such as the fixed windows and shakes uh, shingle effect. Listed here are the criteria that we review uh, for applications um, to make sure that it's in conformance with the historic preservation plan, Castle Rock design, Castle Rock style, the landmark alteration criteria set forth in chapter 15.64, and the Secretary of Interior standards for rehabilitation. Uh, per the analysis in the agenda memo, staff believes the proposal meets the town's criteria for review of a landmark alteration certificate. Um, here we have our proposed motions, and I am happy to answer any questions. Um, also, we have the uh, property owner, Taylor Lewis, in here to answer any questions for you. Thank you, sir. Thanks, everyone. Uh, you got anything you want to add this evening? Mr. Rowland, do you mind going back to the renderings that you had mm -hmm. on the screen? So with that five inch to 10 inch, um, is there gonna be a trim board or something that differentiates and distinguishes that? And I don't see that in the, I didn't see the, that in these renderings. Maybe I'm missing that. 
Um, there will be, yeah. It, that happens kind of hard to see there, but um, underneath the patio there, you can see where what one um, side is the white and the other is more the gray. We'll have a trim piece in between there, probably a three inch trim to separate the two there. Yeah. And just so you guys know, I worked with Confluence and helped build Riverwalk and handled the exteriors of that building, so I'm familiar with exterior uh, as well. We won't be the general contractor on this, but I will be keeping pretty close eye on it. I was just trying to recall when we saw this before. Wasn't there, there was an addition on it when it was, when it was presented before, wasn't there? Yeah, last yeah. 20 months ago when we did it, it was very similar. We had a second story. Yeah. But um, to construction costs, uh, we eliminated that. Now that's just a mechanical cabinet up there. So we okay. eliminated about 18 inches of um, siding. So it doesn't look much different to the naked right. eye. And then we added the overhang you see in front of the, uh, the classroom, which is currently garage. Okay. Yeah, because it looks pretty similar to what I recall seeing last time. Yeah. yeah, same stuff. So we we kept in place those uh, the faux shutters on the backside. Mm -hmm. um, again, like we talked about, our intentions are we've got a window restoration guy that he's got four tiers to his restoration process. Um, we haven't had him come out and fully take them apart yet, but our intention is the first two tiers we would restore, but once it gets into tier three and tier four, we're looking at like three to five thousand dollars a window. And that just doesn't mm -hmm. make sense on our end. And we kind of all agreed at that point that that was reasonable. Okay. Thanks. I know the last time <clears throat> it was brought up, I did mention you have one window back on the 1950s edition to try and salvage that and yep. reuse it somewhere. Yep. I don't know if that's still in the plan or not. Yep. That's okay. The plan. okay. Good. Thank you. So, no questions, thank you. No questions. Mr. Lang, anything further? Nope, I'm good. Okay. Thank you. Uh, we don't have any public signed up, so, um, and nobody has any final questions for staff or applicants. So, does anybody care to make a motion? Or is any further discussion amongst the board? I move to approve the landmark alteration certificate for the changes to the historic structure and existing garage and the design of the new addition for 203 Perry Street as presented. Thank you, Ms. Evans. I second that motion. If uh, we could have a roll call vote, please. Chair Basner? Aye. Vice Chair Lang? Aye. Board Member Evans? Aye. Board Member Borgelt? Aye. Board Member Pusinski? Aye. Thank you. Thank you. M motion is approved five to zero. You changed it enough. I didn't have to abstain. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I said you changed <clears throat> Changed it enough over the last 20 months. I didn't have to abstain tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, 
Mayor Pro Tem still can't unmute. Um, Desi, if you want to try to unmute on your end. I think that did hey, the trick. There, there, it is. Oh, there we go. <laughs> All right. Hi, everyone. Happy New Year. I apologize. I'm not there in person. My husband had surgery today, so I miss you all, and I hope you all are well, and that's all of an update I have. <laughs> well, Happy New Year to you, too, Des. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year, and uh, official congratulations on the Mayor Pro Tem. So, Thank since, you. Since, uh, you know, my text message probably wasn't good enough, so I can at least get some <laughs> up here. Uh, I don't mind hearing it again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope Billy's doing well, and uh, hopefully we see you next meeting. Thank you, yes. <laughs> okay, uh, moving on then. Um, we have... Action item HPB 2024-004, Chapter 15.64, Amendment Discussion. The board will now hear from Mr. Bowman. All right, thank you. Um, so from time to time, staff kind of looks at codes and looks at opportunities to update. You know, things change. Um, one of the big things that we've looked at, you'll see, is that we up, made some updates to Title 17 for neighborhood meetings, noticing and stuff, and we're just looking to be consistent. So I wanted to give a quick little bit of background. Um, in 1994, the Historic Preservation Board regulations were established. Then in 2007, um, the Historic Preservation Plan was completed, and then shortly after that, um, they went through kind of a multi-year process of updating a pretty significant change to the HP ordinance. Since then, there really there's, there's been a couple changes, um, adding like the uh, historical society uh, board member, you know, liaison things like that, just small things. But there really hasn't been a significant update to uh, Chapter fifteen point six four. So there were kind of three items that staff has identified kind of over time and, and figured it was time to kind of bring it before you. Um, as I stated, um, back in about 2019, town council um, decided for land use applications governed by Chapter 17 um, that they wanted to set forth a structure for neighborhood meetings, and then also they kind of changed their noticing requirements. However, you know, they, we didn't address historic preservation, um, which is governed by a different chapter. Um, since then, um, it, staff has kind of requested that applicants um, follow the Chapter 17 uh, neighborhood meetings and noticing requirements to be consistent with other development in town. Um, obviously, if there was an issue of like making a, um, a meeting or something, we would, you know, go back to the Chapter 15 and be fair that way. Um, so currently for neighborhood meetings, um, for a site development plan, we have the, we request three neighborhood meetings, one before, um, a formal submittal, one during the process, and then one right before um, a public hearing. Um, staff has the ability through the develop, uh, development of uh, director of development services and the town manager to waive a meeting or two as required. Um, we do that if like there's been nobody attending, or you know we have maybe one or two people that attend and are in support of the project. Um, one example is the. Um, Castle Cafe mural. We just, uh, town manager and the director of development service decided neighborhood meetings weren't 
needed for that since it was such a subjective kind of item like what well, what would we actually get and there was no physical impact to the you know the surrounding area however as i said chapter 15 does have no requirements so we would like to get the board's thoughts on adding that to chapter 15 putting a requirement in there um, again i think we would look at you know the ability to request up to three meetings um, and staff would always take into consideration the scope of the project. If a project such as what we saw today that requires um, other boards that are required by Chapter 17, we would follow those requirements for neighborhood meetings just to be consistent. And so we wouldn't make them do three meetings for the design review board, three meetings for historic preservation. It'd be three meetings for the whole, you know, project as a whole. Um, and then noticing right now the chapter 15 just requires that they put a sign on the property within 10 days of the meeting. Um, for other uh, land use applications, we require a sign on the uh, property 15 days before and noticing up to 500 feet. Now, staff's kind of looked at that and said 500 feet can be kind of a big ask, you know, especially for a homeowner. Um, and so we, we uh, in the staff report, I kind of provided you two options, 500 and 300 feet and gave you kind of an area of what that kind of looks like. Again, if they are required to go to design review board or planning commission or town council, to be consistent, we would require them to follow the noticing requirements uh, found in chapter 15, or chapter 17, that'd be 500. So that way we wouldn't get like, hey, I, I got a notice for the planning commission, or for um, the short preservation, but I didn't get one for planning, you know, the planning commission here. We wouldn't want that to occur. So those are, those are two kind of inter, intertwined items there as just community feedback uh, on meetings. The other item that I um, identified something to consider is the local restoration grant. The, an idea that kind of has come to mind, and I looked at 2010 and they actually initially proposed this was to allow the local restoration grant to make pro, uh, contributing structures eligible for the program. So right now, the way the code reads is it has to be a landmark property to qualify for the local restoration grant. For the larger downtown historical grant, we do not have that requirement. Um, staff would like to consider, you know, okay, if we do allow contributing structures, you know, maybe we don't allow the full $2,000, maybe we limit that at $1,000 per project. Um, and, and possibly limit the number of grants we offer in the year. We, we want to incentivize landmarking, and we want to prioritize those programs, those properties, but we also want the ability for maybe project properties that maybe don't quite meet the criteria for a landmark, but do contribute to the historical nature of, of the community to have access to funds to be able to restore those kind of items. So those are kind of just three items that we've kind of been kicking around for a while and we wanted to present to you all to see if you had any thoughts and, and wanted to provide staff with any direction. Um, any updates to Chapter 15 require a review by you um, and a recommendation and then town council um, would be the ultimate decision maker on those, on those changes. Um, staff is also open to any other additional ideas that any historic preservation board members may have to update chapter 15. So there's just a quick synopsis and I'm happy to answer any of these questions and, and hear some discussion. Thank you, sir. Um, I'm in full agreement with the neighborhood meeting aspect. Uh, I think 
you know, we need to be consistent. And obviously, if chapter 17 is where we've been pointing people to already, because I know we've been having neighborhood meetings for as long as I've been on the board. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I do think we need to include that portion of it. On the 300 feet versus 500 feet, I'm not sure my thoughts on that, you know, because I can see where that 500 feet might be beneficial for certain instances. Um, you know, there's plenty of properties that are larger or don't have anything too relatively close to them that, you know, that 300 feet may only be like three or four people, right? But mm -hmm. if we go to the 500 feet, it might, it might be, you know, a dozen. However, you know, if it's a little bungalow over in Craig and Gould, you know, and that 500 feet is going to be two blocks, right? Like, uh, so I, I get that. And maybe it needs to be more like a case by case basis on what that, what that needs to be uh, for noticing, um, depending on where the property is located. I don't know. Um, you know, let's say for, you know, we just landmarked uh, Cantrell, right? Mm -hmm. The school. So 500 feet from the school isn't that far, right? I mean, you're going to pick up maybe four or five houses, right? Because the way the, that school's sited. Um, um, I'm just using the school as an example. Yeah, right? like, no, I, and I'm the one who noticed it, and I'm trying to remember how many. I think it was about 40. Yeah, so. Um, and so in this example here, um, it's a little, uh, now that I, I use this because we just noticed this property recently, so it's fresh in my mind. Um, and so you've got about, it was about 40 to 50 properties once you remove duplicates. The thought on the 300A, that was what it was. Um, chapter 17 had traditionally been 300 until recently, and they, they increased it to 500. Um, also, 300 kind of got you a full block. Yeah, I mean, if you get on to 300, yeah. though, for that, I mean, it's not going to be a whole lot, right, for the school is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't know yeah. if it makes sense to go down to 300. I mean, obviously for residential, it kind of does, but it also, I think, depends on the site um, would be my concern. And then um, your third point was, um, what was the third? The local restoration. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, my concern with that is, you know, we have come, we've used that money in the mm -hmm. past to it, within its full amount mm -hmm. uh, on several years, so I'm concerned how that would maybe affect us as a board and what we would like to do and see and giving out, you know, applicants that are registered and have historic properties that, you know, it, it might potentially handcuff us a little bit towards the end of the year on, on uh, being able to help people um, would be my only concern. I don't know. Rest of the board. Thank you. Um, since this is the first time I've been um, involved in reviewing um, the existing standards, um, my, my two questions would be um, whether any modifications um, truly provide a benefit for the project um, and the neighbors or if it just how the net result is just incurring additional cost for the property owner or the person doing the, the development. And so I, I guess 
as I looked at, look at um, well, let's just use neighborhood meetings, for example. Um, on the project we just reviewed, um, the summary indicated they'd ha had two neighborhood meetings and had no public attend whatsoever. Um, by adding a third one, what's accomplished there um, is, is my question. When I think town's stance right now is, is since chapter 15 doesn't state anything about neighborhood meetings and chapter 17 has three just create consistency and actually have some for, for chapter 15 am I mistaken? Co correct and, and so we, we we did waive kind of what we call the second one um, before because there was no attendance um, so one of the ideas so typically we do two you know if there's really if there's no comments on the first one the first one is the pre you know before they submit they can get feedback from you know any you know concerned residents about the project and they can incorporate those into the plans if they were to if we were to have the second meeting we do that usually after they submit well staff will kind of work with them on the appropriate time sometimes we'll schedule it right when they've submitted if we haven't waived it to allow them to tell the show the neighbors what they've how they've incorporated the feedback that they received then the third one is we, we typically schedule that concurrently with the historic preservation or, or whatever hearing we do so we'll notice it at the same time we'll have it within a few days and that gives the neighbors a opportunity to see what will be presented to the board um, we've had cases where an initial meeting was maybe held and then the project take and this is more for like a you know residential development this was kind of the thinking was that you know we had a they had a neighborhood meeting and then it took them, you know, a year and a half to get through the, you know, technical review and people have moved in or, you know, and they weren't aware of the project. And so by having that last one right before the public hearing, it gives people the opportunity to get the one last heads up and an opportunity to see the project and form any kind of thoughts they may have before the hearing. Um, again, we do try to take it into the scope of the project. like. You know, if they're adding on, like let's say it was a landmark alteration certificate they needed for a porch. You know, are we gonna really, you know, staff's gonna use their discretion and, and not try to require them to do, you know, the full three. Um, a new residential house, you know, you may want more. Um, a larger project in the downtown maybe, you know, we would want the ability to ask, you know, for all three. So it, it is kind of a sliding scale on how that is and, and we always appreciate feedback um, on that but again um, we're just town council has kind of indicated that community feedback is important to them so that's why we we're, we're bringing this forward and why we we've requested that in the past even though chapter 15 was silent just to give you a little bit more background well and, and I'm not I truly understand the value yeah. of the public hearing uh, and public input on, on everything mm -hmm. we do. I mean, I'm not questioning that. I just want to make sure that by um, amending um, our provisions to require a three, that we're not um, restricting the ability to waive um, maybe one of the hearings or mm -hmm. to, to have the flexibility that we currently have now for specific projects. 
Yeah, and Chapter 17 actually does have a provision stating that the town manager at, his, at their discretion has the ability to waive okay. those meetings, uh, and it's based off of, you know, scope, um, you know, attendance, well, I, things I like that. I think that flexibility is, is very mm -hmm. important in my uh, mind. Ab absolutely. Uh, because, you know, every project is different. Yeah. Um, and, and the economics of every project is different, so. Um, yes. I'm not fully versed in how Chapter 17 addresses it, and I, I, I knew there was the ability to waive. Mm -hmm. Is there ability to add if needed? Yes. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> I'm assuming we're just we would just copy that same language verbatim, essentially from Chapter 17, and put it into Chapter 15. Yeah. For um, we would look at the site development and use by special review. Um, and it, it's basically it states that the town has the Town staff has the ability to request, and it kind of outlines those three meetings. For like annexations and zonings, it says it's you know more required. <laughs> um, so we've never had this, but you know, I guess if we said we're requesting, and the applicant says no thanks, you know, I, I don't know what we could necessarily do other than maybe you know that would be kind of up to your discretion to say you know what, we're going to continue this until you get some community feedback. Um, which you know honestly has happened um, several years ago on some land use cases where, you know, council felt that you know additional feedback was required, and we, we do kind of coach our applicants on on the need for why we ask for it. We don't just say you're doing this. We, you know, we do try to give them the the background and you know, of what we're trying to accomplish. And and I would be fine with that as long as the flexibility is written in. Um, or the, the provision to allow that flexibility, I guess, mm -hmm. would be that. And then with regards to the notice, um, I guess the same sort of thing applies. I, I mean, when I look at your, your diagram that you presented, your example, um, that seems like an awfully lot of properties to notice just for a modification of a, a residential unit in Craig and Goulds. Yeah. And so I, I don't know how you write into um, yeah. the provision. Well, could you, could you take the 300 feet for residential only and 500 for commercial? And that might be a great And designate solution. it separately. I mean, I'm I'm open to even less than 300 for residential because mm -hmm. maybe you just do like you know six neighbors, you know, every you know six neighbors in every direction or something, kind of thing. Because yeah, I mean it's it's a big we, area. I don't know if we've gotten any feedback in. I don't know. I think this is like year seven of, for me mm -hmm. here, right? <laughs> I don't think we've gotten any community feedback on it. Any single like residential change, other than we are in favor of this. You know, I I, I don't think anybody's ever been against anything um, that we've had that I can recall. <coughs> right. For residential, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we did have the well the application is set to expire, but we have had 
projects that have not made their way to you at this time or just never made them because they withdrew where there was community feedback that maybe wasn't positive. But I, I'm happy to draft up a couple of different options and, and, and again, bring back some different maps. Um, I, yeah, we were, we were trying to think of different ways. One challenge, and, and this isn't real, I mean, we're trying to make it as simple as possible. So typically when people get the mailings, they go through DC maps and you can select properties one by one or you can put a buffer. You know, you can just say 100. So one of the reasons why I kind of just said the distance is it's just easier. <laughs> um, but that doesn't, I mean, if you're restricting it to just, a, you know, two down, two there, then selecting four or five is probably not that much different. I think if you were, you know, so happy to mock up some different scenarios. Well, my only concern with the distances is, you know, you still might get somebody three blocks away or something, right? Yep. That probably has never, maybe not even ever driven down that street or noticed that house, right? So, like, why would they even bother or care type thing? But then they might be, you know, a stickler and be like, well, I don't but want they could. This, you know? And it's not something that really affects them on a day-in and day-out basis. That's my only concern. Uh, it might not be... Uh, warranted, but that's that's my thought. <laughs> no, I, and I would agree with you. I and I think that the Cantrell School is kind of an anomaly. Mm -hmm. So to compare it with residential notifications yeah. in that area, I, I think it does it's kind of apples and oranges. Exactly. You know, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I can definitely see like the 500 feet or something like that. Yeah. I, 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 I don't see it for a house, though, personally. Yeah, I would think, you know, a designation for commercial versus residential would be warranted. Whether it's 300 feet, 200 feet, you know, that's, you know, it could yeah, be either or. next door, you know, adjacent neighbors or yeah. something. Yeah. Would be. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would think, like, you know, any, any obviously, any adjacent neighbor, you know, backyard, front yard, side yards. Um, you know, alley. exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. any, any, if, if your property touches their property, I think definitely for sure. But, and maybe even a few in every direction of that. Um, but I don't know if, I, if I, yeah, I don't know what that cutoff needs to be. Or you know, and I can, I can go look at some other jurisdictions to see what they do. Um, and just for reference, I pulled up my mailing list for, uh, Cantrell school. It was 87. 86, sorry, there's a header. Um, because it's 300 feet from the edge of the property, so on a whole block, you're getting... No. Yeah. yeah. From the property line. Yeah. And to me, you know, that makes sense because, you know, it's... It's a block. You know, a predominant building, too, yeah. though, like, right? You know, we need to notice more people than, you know, somebody who does yep. it for their house. Correct. Uh, yeah, and so, and kind of... To some points made so on commercial if we were to get a commercial um if it's in the downtown it's going to go to design review board so it'll have to go through chapter 17 and again to be consistent they're going to just we would have them notice per that code 500 feet because they're already noticing for for the design review board also say uh let's say if we were to get multifamily um somewhere in craig and gould or, or downtown you know that was within yeah, Grand Gould, because that would come to you. Multifamily has to go to Planning Commission and Town Council. 
And so you, so those kind of projects that could have some more interest would be noticed at that 500 feet automatically through our proposal because they're going to be noticed 500 feet for their other hearings. And again, we don't want to be in a situation where, hey, I got a notice for one hearing, but I didn't get it for the other. Well, I think we could write that so that it was consistent with the requirements of whatever the additional yep. review standard mm -hmm. was, um, whether it's Planning Commission or DDA or whatever, or Design Review. Yeah. 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 Well, and I, I think Cantor School, the usage is um, far greater than what a residential usage would be. So, so I, I think even that adds to the need to notice additional um, surrounding areas to it. Yeah. And so let's say it's a commercial project that's just in, like they're changing out windows or something. We would have them follow Chapter 15 because it wouldn't raise to a site development plan. And does that scope of work, is there an impact on, you know, it's not generating more traffic or anything like that. So, you know, it's still probably appropriate to kind of treat it like. I mean, I, th I think that's a double-edged sword, yeah. right? Because changing out something like windows is one thing. Yep. completely changing the facade of a building is another thing, right? So where do we draw that line as to mm -hmm. what warrants a, you know, random arbitrary 300 feet versus 500, right? Or whatever we end up deciding. Yeah. Um, so I would think from a consistency standpoint, yes, it's a little bit more of a burden that 500 feet, but from a consistency standpoint, I would think any commercial would just keep it the same yep. because, you yeah. know, what does say, you know, yeah, we as a board think one thing, but public might think com completely different. And I'd like to err on the side of giving more public the benefit of the doubt on something like that than, than not would be. Agreed. Agreed. So what I'm hearing is 500 feet for the commercial and multifamily and then maybe do some additional research on other jurisdictions on kind of the, the smaller projects, you know, do they just do adjacent property owners or the full block or, or what do they do? Yeah. Okay, great. Sounds good. And then, uh, you know, I think we have one more item, the, the money, right? So yep. I, I, I doubt that this is possible, but I'm going to throw it out there. Can we go to council and ask them if there's additional funds that we could get for this next year to see how this would even work so mm -hmm. you know is there an extra thousand dollars or something that we can we can uh try to get to see if you know there is a one need and if people would even bother applying for it for yeah. for this stuff because once again i'd really hate to take money that we have allocated since we don't have a huge budget as it is and have that money not going to one of the historically registered mm -hmm. projects. Um, I, I do think it's great that, you know, we're trying to open this up and get those properties that are, you know, historic adjacent essentially, right? Mm -hmm. And and be able to help them out as well. Cause you know, obviously every little bit helps any type of project like that. And eventually, you know, they're gonna be old enough and, or, you know, maybe they're gonna decide after they fix it up that, hey, maybe I do wanna go mm -hmm. through these steps and sec et cetera, et cetera. But I also don't want to be necessarily 
not having funds available to us if something else comes up. Sure. Or maybe it becomes like a, a case by case basis where at you know, at in December if we've run out of those funds because we did only have mm-hmm. the same amount of funds, is there a way to address that with the town and be like, Hey, you know, we have this other applicant that would really like to apply, however we don't have the funds to even consider it because, you know, we open this up to the these other groups of individuals to to get um so one possible option you know right now the local restoration grant is it's an open cycle you can apply at any time right the downtown historical actually has two application windows so you could maybe make this where it's one one uh, application window that is heard in december and so you'll have a good idea of what the funds are So basically limit everybody to the very last month of the year to apply? You would open it up maybe the application would probably be like in October so that staff can review it and then have it to you in December to make that decision. Yeah, but we've also had um, like, you know, Mr. Braun just come come in at December because people haven't utilized that money, right? Yeah. And, you know, his property is well deserving of that money in my mind Mm -hmm. so you know i'd hate for him to be like hey it's it's october i guess i probably should apply in case if somebody else applies that doesn't have i I don't know i I, once again kind of a double-edged sword in my mind yeah and so i did uh the staff report kind of give you some years on, on funding so in 2018 we actually did no grants then we did 10,000. then 2020 we suspended the program 2021 was 6,000. 2022, we came close to that 15. We were just shy. And then this past year, we were just under 4,000. What I've noticed is on those higher years, it's usually one property owner coming coming in for a couple of different projects or one project where we're like, where the Historic Preservation Board said, hey, we've got funds available. We're willing to, you know, bump it up above that 2,000. So, um, again, um, we can... And that's why, like, I'm more leaning towards asking town council mm-hmm. if we go this route, if there's a way that we could possibly recoup that funds if something did come up. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like you said, you know, there's plenty of years we don't come anywhere close to using any of our, yep. you know, full allotment. But there is times that we have. And yep. um, it's those years that I'm concerned about. I've been talking a lot. How, what do what the rest of you guys think? Is there a problem we're trying to address with this? There's been a few inquiries in the, in the two years I've had. Like, hey, I've heard about a grant. You know, my old my house is kind of you know old. Would I be eligible? And, and so, just again, it was, hey, we've got a couple items that we we thought we would consider, and, and you know, it was an idea that I figured was worth at least bringing up bringing to you to consider. Um, but there's no, there's been no direction from leadership or, or anybody like, hey, you know, we should consider this. It, it's just kind of an idea that staff has had, but and wanted to run it by um, the board. Mm-hmm. So it, it did in this kind of format to get that feedback rather than just bring the item. <laughs> what happens if all of the fu- oh sorry, <laughs> what happens if all of the funds aren't used in a particular year? Are they carried forward? 
could no. They be, could they be put into a um, fund to be used for the non-designated um, grants for the following year? Or a percentage of those? Or a percentage mm -hmm. of them. It wouldn't have to be all of it, but a yeah. percentage of them. Yeah, I can definitely look into that with finance and because I think there are some cases you know, where things roll over. There would be money available every year, yep. but if there was, there would be an opportunity for people to apply to use it. Yeah. So if we didn't use all all funds in twenty twenty four, a certain amount of that would run over, roll over to be available so, for those right. type, types of projects in twenty twenty five. Yeah. Maybe it never exceeds that percentage, right? Yeah. You know, if, let's say we roll over two thousand or three thousand dollars or whatever that is. You know, it never exceeds that three thousand dollar mark. Um, but it, it's there going forward until until we need it, essentially. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. I like that idea. Where, where does the unused funds go to? Just a general fund? Just goes back I think I know the, enough to be dangerous. I think the funds actually come from a, a Philip S. Miller trust. Oh. So that it's kind of a big pot of money that I think funds some various different grants. Okay. And so it's just kind of one of those things that carries on. But I can double. I'll, I will bring back that information okay. on, on exactly where the sourcing is. Um, but I, I remember reading the, the budget one year and seeing that. But I will verify that. Is the budgeted amount for? It has remained at the fifteen thousand. It has continuously. Yeah, and that does come. Um, that that fifteen thousand does come from the general fund versus the down the historical downtown where that comes from development services enterprise funds. Now, I, I'd be interested to see if we couldn't create a. I like that carryover fund or something. Carry, uh, I don't know what to call it, but rollover uh, rollover <laughs> fund or. Um, could be used for um, some of the other purposes because you're right there are some other beautiful older buildings in town that are designated that probably could use a little bit of money for restoration or might encourage them to do more restoration too. Correct. Mm -hmm. yeah. yep. what does the board feel about brad's other thoughts though of you know a certain designated date you know if we haven't used that money then it then maybe the full, you know, fifteen thousand dollars becomes available. You know, do we want to look at something where we haven't gotten any applications in the first three quarters, or we still have, you know, X amount of percentage left in the in our fifteen k? Do we want to be able to open that up to these other properties? I kind of don't like the hard cap of a thousand dollars in a construction project when you're renovating a historic building. Yeah. That's that's a drop. In the that's nothing. Yeah. yeah, that's really nothing. It's not really uh, even an incentive, basically, for me to spend my time filling out the paperwork. I mean, um, I, I'd like to I'd like to see the projects come in and for us to review them and then award an amount that we feel contributes appropriately, and it may not be a 50 50 mm -hmm. maybe less than that, but I think. I agree. Yeah, I think that's good. I, I would fill out the paperwork for her. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's not even a window, right? Yeah. So. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't bother. One window. But but you know, I, I think your your thought about <clears throat> if we have if three quarters of the year have passed and we've given no grants out and we have fifteen thousand dollars left or you know, whatever, that um, maybe we do open it up to that last quarter for applications. That doesn't mean we have to approve them. We don't have a timeline for applicants, do we? For the local restoration grant, no, we don't. As I said, for the downtown, it's, it, there's two periods, one in was it March and then one in September, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one thing to point out is the Chapter 17, it just basically says that there's a local restoration grant that you know the Historic Preservation Board oversees for landmark properties. Then there's a policy, you know. And so a code change would just, say, would just open it up to... Um, non-landmark properties and then i mean a policy could be changed easier you know on a year-by-year -year basis um as one thought um again um happy to draft some stuff different options up for you and i can definitely research the rollover fund capability i'd kind of like to see what well maybe desi is still on and can can weigh in on this um you know I'm not sure how council would, you know, what their feelings and thoughts would be on this, but I think, you know, one, we'd have to have some relatively strict criteria as to, you know, who could then apply for that. You know, maybe there's a certain date cut off or something of, you know, the structure has to be before something, right? Uh, to, to go for those funds, but, um, you know, I know we have had where, you know, you have to, for the downtown restoration, right, you have to deed over or something. Like, obviously, we don't want to do anything like that. Um, but, I, you know, I think maybe we need to have something in place yep. if we do this. And I just don't know what that needs to be or should be. Yeah, um, we've talked about that internally. I, that was, I thought that was maybe getting a little bit in the weeds um, for this discussion. But so for the downtown historical grant, we do require a easement. Now, obviously, with maybe a non-landmark property, that might be some that would be a de maybe a deterrent, but some type of agreement stating, "Hey, you know, with these funds, you agree, you know, that port, you know, the house can't be knocked down for ten, you know, whatever, some sort of legal document to make sure that you know the town's investment is truly an investment of what we're trying to accomplish." You know, I think I, you know, I think we definitely have to have something like that. Yeah. You know, I don't know what that something is, um, but I also don't know. You know, I'm curious to to hear what town council would think on you know what that. You know, if if a worthwhile project came up, right, that you know they were going to spend a hundred and something thousand dollars or whatever on a on an exterior remodel and and bring it back to its original glory, you know. Would we be allowed to give them the full fifteen thousand dollars if we deemed it, you know, worthwhile? And um, you know, I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the hotel, for example. You know, I mean, we, I would, I think anyone, all of us would easily give all fifteen to that, right? Um, yeah. Well, and that would be a landmark property. It's also in the downtown, so the downtown historic, and that's another. What, you know, these were kind of the big three things, but you know, as you bring up, is you know, if a property is getting money through the downtown historic grant, 
do we want it to make it still eligible for a local restoration grant? I don't see why not. I yeah. mean, my thought is, is if, you know, they're, they're utilizing those funds in a way that benefits all of us, you know, and benefits the town and our pursuit of, you know, restoring and maintaining the historic properties. I don't see why we wouldn't allow that. Okay. I'd kind of be interested to see percentage-wise how many of the homes are 50 years or older. Something I can do very easily. Yeah. I'd be curious to see what that percentage is. Yeah, the, the historic downtown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so we kind of have two dates in our in our code. We have the 50 years to be eligible um, to be landmarked. And then we have 1945, which is the cutoff. Um, anything, you know, before 1945 for uh, local demolition. Um, so I, I can definitely give you a map by decade or um, in that so I can be landmarked as historical then? <laughs> yeah, that, you know, I, I don't know if we'd want to make it more strict on, on that date, right, of, you know, more than 50 years or if we'd want to go back to 1945 or something. I don't know. Yeah, you guess. guys, if I might, um, I just want to say a really good discussion, and I appreciate all of your guys' input on this. Um, Brad, I think it'd be good for you and I to circle back with um, with Corliss and legal and finance on all of that. Absolutely. And that would be Thanks, you guys. Miss <laughs> uh, LaFleur, uh, what do you think town council's feelings would be on on something like this? I'm sorry, I lost you there for a second, Chair. What did you say? What do you think town council's feelings would be on opening up the funds to these these properties? Um, and then also, do you, what do you think town council's feelings would be on being able to roll over a certain percentage of that? Um, you know, our, our um, funds if, if unspent? Yeah, no, that I, I, it's hard to say a temperature on that because we've been tightening our belts financially. Um, we really need to find out um, specifics of where that money is absorbed. If it is the general fund and what does that get applied to? Or, there, or you know, can we, you know, maybe it's, it's repairing stuff within Parks and Rec if it's not getting used. And so maybe it has a, a great purpose if it doesn't. So I think that it's important because um, council's very, you know, financially conservative and especially in recent years between last year and this year, um, development fees are down, things like that are down. So it's really important for us to figure out where the where that money is being absorbed if it's not being used. Thank you, ma'am. Of course. Anybody else have any thoughts? Great discussion. Anything else you'd like to add, sir? Um, did, is there anything else that Historic Preservation Board would like to consider in, in these updates? And again, you know, I think this is going to be a process, so please, you know, take time to consider. But if there's been anything that you've thought of, like, hey, I'd love you guys to take a look at this. I'm, I'm kind of, I think maybe we need to look at that 1945 date. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, as the town continues to 
grow and you know that 1945 date's great right but you know 10 20 30 years from now you know stuff that was in the 50s or 60s or 70s even right you know we might so i think i think i'd rather see that number be changed to a sliding scale as well um not that probably there's a whole lot of great things from the 1980s right but who knows right so um and i can you know as i can put together that map i can kind of do something that's like pre or you know older than 50 younger than 1945 and we can kind of look um the, the code does allow staff the ability to on any on any property in demolition or in the historic downtown to say you know what we're going to kick that to the hp board and, and town council so 1945 is kind of a, you're automatically going um but if it's you know let's say if it was 1947 and, and staff felt that the property you know as a contributing structure the code does allow us to kick that to you um, but obviously something i can um, put together a map so that we have a little bit more information on that yeah i'm just you know thinking out loud here right that yep. we're 19 we're 2024 now already right so i i thought the same thing <sighs> yeah man i feel a little <laughs> okay um i've had buildings built and tore down already my mm-hmm. lifetime so yeah same okay uh anybody else have anything that they'd like to have mr bowen look at not on the agenda but do you know if anything's happening with the old depot, old depot? you know there's been various conversation i know uh, mayor pro tem lafleur has looked at and discussed it with various folks yeah. over yeah, probably we, the we last yeah ago, so. I, I think there's been some additional discussions over in the past year that um have occurred but um i know we were approached actually on the city hotel about the saving places program and my thought and this was in the fall so it, my thought was maybe that's something we consider for that is maybe nominating that um i was going to get some more information at the conference next month on that and potentially you know bring that to leadership and then and then you folks to maybe consider doing that um okay but yeah but nothing nothing official that i'm aware of yeah. that doesn't mean <laughs> that there aren't other discussions out there anybody else okay moving on then we got HPB 2024-005, Historic Preservation Month. Uh, Mr. Bowen, if you don't mind uh, giving us a presentation on that, since apparently you presented a presentation, you prov- you're gonna provide a presentation. Yep, this is kind of a discussion item, so um, no PowerPoint. Wanted to get feedback from you. Um, so last year we did the posters, both on the, on the uh, concrete and then just regular posters. We did the, um, we partnered with the historical society on the on the bus. Um, we did the placemats. We did some different um, social media. Um, we have talked previously about doing some sort of art project with the youth. So just recently, the Public Arts Commission um, did a Christmas card uh, competition. So I reached out to Parks, who 
who works with the public arts. So that program actually started in 2021. I think they had two submittals, so they decided not to do it in 2022. Um, they came back in 2023 to do that. They started kind of reaching out in August um, for folks. They What they did is uh, apparently one of the uh, public arts commissions basically went to the web websites of each school in Castle Rock and pulled out art teachers' contacts through the directories. They also um, put posts for on Facebook and Instagram, so they worked with communications and actually paid to get their uh, messages out there. And then they utilized a website called Peach Jar, um, which apparently sent parents sign up to, um, and then it pushes out a um, notice. Um, so they did a kind of a virtual flyer. So with all that, they got a total of 16 submissions. Um, and so the, the prize was that town council um, ultimately approved the winner, and that was the card that was sent out. Uh, the artwork was used for, for the town's Christmas card, and then they did a $100 um, gift card. I have it in my notes somewhere where it was. It might have been like Hobby Lobby or something like that. So that was a program that you know another commission had recently done. Um, so I kind of wanted just to give you that information, and if you, you know, I know this has been something that's kind of been thought of in the previous years, if, if any of the board members have thoughts about moving forward with something like that, um, or, or have any other ideas that they'd like to see for Historic Preservation Month in May. You know, it's, that's something we've been talking about for a few years. Mr. Salinas, I think, is the one who originally brought that up. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mayor Pro Tem LaFleur, if I remember correctly, you were going to try to reach out to um, school superintendent, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. and see if there was a way for us to get in front of the school or get the schools on board with the art departments or something to see if it, you know we could incorporate it into you know the curriculum or something like that or maybe just offer it as an additional you know uh you know extra credit type thing right or something where they'd still then be entered into a prize and uh you know we were trying to figure out where that money would come from for the prizes and may maybe and i'm not sure if i don't know how it's written legally but you know if we don't use our fifteen thousand dollars can we use some of that for for prize money i don't know um <clears throat> No, I don't know. So uh, we, we do have $3,000. I, th I think it's 3000 allocated for historic preservation activities. Yeah, and then what's, what's Ron going to do? He, he needs a yeah. trolley. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah we, we've traditionally done that. And I think we did is it $500 for each one. We did. Yeah, I believe so. For the, for the driver and the rental. I think we broke it up. So I... I Obviously, uh, the Historical Society has come and requested that in previous years. I mean, you can always. And I um, think with the sidewalk art this year, we came from really close to that three thousand dollars, if I'm not mistaken. And um, between it was about five hundred bucks. Yeah, I think between that, the Charlie, the placemats, all that. I think I think it. I think we were probably within five five hundred to a thousand dollars, right? Yeah, and we do utilize those other, you know, funds. Uh, that three thousand was 
you know, for cultural resource surveys. So I think yep. ultimately we spent about, yeah, with the artwork, probably about $1,500 in historic preservation month activities. Um, one thing I would suggest this year, if we wanted to do the poster again, is we do have some artwork already from um, marketing the Cantrell School. And since we've closed on that property, I thought that would be an appropriate property to kind of highlight in our, in our poster. So mm -hmm. we could save some money this year um, and, and do that internally. And I forget if you could remind me the, I know we don't have like the specific numbers from each individual like location in the scan. Cause if I remember correctly, that wasn't something that you guys programmed, right? We just have like the overall, yeah. like how many I mean, times was, these things was, were scanned and it wasn't, it wasn't that a great of a number if I remember correctly, right? Yeah. I think if, <clears throat> if we were to do this year, I would, you know, if, if you kind of guys gave me the nod to start working with, I've already met with the communications team, um, but to at least mock something up, I would want to get the posters out. And this was also kind of on me last year. I would want to get the posters out by middle of April onto the street this year. Where last year it was like May 1st, we got them on there. So getting them out early. I think we didn't have the posters until like the week before May. I would like to have that, you know, because we were working on the artwork, and I think we came up with the idea in January, probably February. Yeah. Um, so if we had everything done and get it out earlier, um, I, I'd like to, you know, that would be what I would propose. Um, I did hear feedback from folks that they saw them, um, but they didn't know that they could scan, you know. Like the QR. The QR, or yeah. just, you know. I mean, I think... Two, I'd like to try to get with Parks this year and do a better job of maybe trying to get in, like, in front of the MAC or something, you know, that is a very heavily trafficked part of, you know, because um, I know we couldn't last year for some reason. I don't remember yeah, why. Yeah, there is a new, um, there's going to be a new event, some staff changes on, on who I reached out to, uh, but I could start that conversation now. And make sure, but yeah, they were worried that it, because they're, because of the traffic, they were worried it would be a tripping hazard. Um, and I don't know too, you know, if we could if we could try to partner with the library or something and put one at the front door of the library. I don't know if they'd be willing to, or at least let us put a poster at the library or something. Oh um, yeah, you know that that might be nice. Uh, you know, maybe if I would like to open it up to further opportunities, right, where we get more traffic than mm -hmm. you know. I know we did the park. We did one of the bike trails. We did a few other like cor random corners, if I yep. remember right. Um, I I think we keep with it, but I don't know how the rest of you guys feel about it. I'd like to continue with it. I mean, see if it yeah. takes off more than. Could we partner partner with the chamber on it too? Maybe. I don't see why not. I mean, we could try, right? I mean, we could always ask the chamber if. Is something that they'd be willing to help us with and you know try to get it out there a little get more it out there a little more yeah you know stacy with the new executive director over there um i think i think be worth having a conversation with them anyway to didn't see. didn't we do smaller like 11 by 17 size or something that we put in some of the businesses yeah councilmember lafleur was or Mayor Pro Tem, I'm still getting used to that, um, did a great job of going around to different businesses and providing them with the uh, with the posters. And, and maybe we do that, you know, is, yeah. you know, ask Chamber, hey, every paying cha chamber member downtown, right, can, can you 
provide this and put this in your window, right. you know, if we give it to you? Well, and, and they, you know, do a, at least a monthly, sometimes it's a weekly um, e-newsletter to all their members and everything, and just a, a way to get the word out more. Yeah, if I'm recalling correctly, I think board member Ashburn had kind of identified a flyer. I think it was through the chamber. I'd be like, oh, gosh, it'd be great to get us in there, you know, next year. I think it was a newsletter. Oh, yeah, that was like some kind of calendar thing, right, if yeah. I remember right? Um, oh, yeah, I wish I could re I can't remember what exactly that was. But, yeah, and Abigail, I mean, we could work, you know, we send something out um, with every monthly water bill. Um, we can make sure that, that, you know, that gets in there. We can work with, again, communications um, about how to get in there. Um, we do like a development services monthly newsletter. We had an article in there uh, regarding historical preservation month. I think we highlighted, I want to say Castle Cafe um, in there, and I can, I can pull that, what we did. Um, but, yeah, I think there are some different channels that we could probably utilize on, on getting that out. I mean, I still think it would be nice to try to pursue something with the art, you know, and having some kind of prize for some kids and, you know, turning that into the coloring book and things like that that we've, you know, discussed in years past. I just don't know the best way of going about that or how to get enough people engaged because even after all of that, you got 16 entries, right, for this, for this card. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't know without, you know, actually getting the schools on board and having you know a few hundred submittals because of that right um how we can go about getting this to you know more than 16 people if i remember right though too you said something about the fire department did something similar uh, a few years ago yeah i can find out and their numbers do, on that do we ever get in? okay so you, we don't know that information you know what i saw the i saw the holiday card and I, that was just the most prevalent um, I will get back with um, with communications on that, on how they did that and what their numbers were. Yeah, I Brad, too, we wanted to, um, you know, the the calendar of events that gets mailed to every, every resident for the summer? It's broken up by month. Okay. And it's like a, a trifold or a twofold. That was what that's what That's what, that's what Scott... Yeah. That's what, yeah, exactly right. So we want to make sure with communications that we get it on, on that printout. Was you know, because we can list the museum yep. scavenger hunt for the month. Was that through the town? Was that through the chamber that does that? It's a partnership, but I'm pretty sure okay. it was printed by and mailed out by the town. But it was okay. like, you know, the DMA, the chamber, the town stuff. Okay. It had a list of like the concerts. Desi, did you get any feedback or have you been able to talk to the superintendent about? No, that you guys, it's been kind of hard to get in touch with them. I got a hold of her assistant and it went nowhere. I went in circles with them. So I did see uh, Miss Kane at the elected officials dinner and, you know, mentioned to it to her face to face. And she said, shoot me an email. So I'll, I'll try again. because I think that's a really good way. But partnering with Maya with Parks and Rec, she handled the Christmas card contest and maybe she can help us on that front. Yep. That's who I reached out to. Um, right. In her opinion was the peach jar 
um, was probably the most effective um, avenue that they got feed, you know, participation from. I mean, I, I, yeah, and it was a hundred dollar gift card to Hobby Lobby that the student won. You know, I think if we do it, I think we need to open it up to different age brackets, right? Because we've talked about how, you know, a kindergartner obviously isn't going to be able to compete with, you know, an 18-year-old kid, right, that has been studying art for, you know, half their life, right? So, um, you know, we had talked, I think, originally about maybe this only gets opened up to a certain percentage or a certain grade level or something, and then we try to expand it. Obviously, with 16 entries, though, for that, I'm sure that was probably open to pretty much anybody and everybody, right? So um, I, I don't know if we want to try to limit it. And if, but I think if we do this in any way, shape, or form, I think we would have to have multiple awards of some sort and have to come up with those. They could even be, like, gift cards to Sugar Spoon. You know, we can do age yeah, no, I mean, I, age groups. I, yeah, I think, you know, something like that, you know, would be great, you know, Sugar Spoon or someplace or, you know, even pizza or something, right? What kid doesn't like pizza? Um, pizza and ice cream, right? So we, we should be good. Just. And I'll plan on giving an update at the DMA meeting, too, because last year it was kind of the same thing, you know, where the restaurant, some participated and they named a special after you know, like we joke, we joked about like an ice cream flavor, like Castle Rocky Road or, you know, Raspberry Rhyolite or just, some, you know, play on words and the restaurants can run a special for the month. Yeah, I mean, it could be cocktails, it could be food, it could be whatever, you know, the establishment wants. Yeah, I know Peter was pretty big on trying to get the breweries to do it as well. Yeah. Um, I, I can reach out to him to see if he ever uh, went went any further with that because I know he was going to try uh, last year. I don't, I don't know. I don't recall if he ever did. Anybody else recall? I'll get with Kevin Tilson and get an, an email out to, you know, the the restaurants and the breweries just to see who's who wants to participate. Okay. And I think we probably need to have some kind of decision March at the latest of what we're going to do. If not, you know, ideally next month. Um, yeah, and I can send some updates, you know, in the next week or two. Well, I can reach out to Maya and figure out, did they, t I'm kind of reading through my emails with her. They didn't specify an age range, so I don't know if it was open to all Douglas County um, school kids or if they were specific to elementary or junior high. So I, I'll get that clarification from Maya. Um, but I think my suggestion would be to, if we're going to have tiers, to keep it maybe at two tiers, you know, um, just so a limited funds, b based off of the number of submittals they got, you know, we may end up this if we if we slice it too thin, we may yeah, just yeah, like get one entry in that yeah. particular yeah yeah or zero right so. yeah. But once again, you know, I'd hate like a five year old trying to compete with a you know high schooler too, right? So. Okay. Anybody else have any thoughts on or any suggestions on what to do for Historic Preservation Month? Nope. 
So I can I can work on getting the posters and the the sidewalk graphics mocked up and priced out for the next meeting. They had a one year. I'm sorry. They had it one year. They actually had the the slip and slide off the bridge come down. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that company exists anymore. So they would travel around, go from place to place, and they, yeah. So it Part happened of the one year. Was the liability on it. I I remember one of the things we talked about with the purchase of the school was doing like a 5K or 3K or something from the school mm-hmm. for this this one. Mm-hmm. That would idea. take you like past all the all the you know historically landmarked properties. What they used to do in uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia, mm-hmm. old presentation there, scavenger hunt. But that was uh, sponsored by the local newspaper. But what they yeah. do is they went out and took photographs. They'd do like a door knocking or, or some architectural feature on all the historic properties. And they printed the little pictures. So the idea was that the public would have to go out and find these things, right. and write down where they were. And if you got them all, then you, yeah. you, know, you won something. But, uh, but that was kind of kind of cool because it got people out walking around to see if they could go in and have, actually kind of looking at the facades to figure out, okay, where did this picture come from? Well, I mean, that's not too different from your scavenger hunt, is it? Not too much. Yeah, I mean, my concern on a 5K would be you just staffing. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think development services would be. The no, I think we yeah. talked about, like, that would be a good thing to partner with Parks on, right? Parks and Rec. I can see if there's, yeah, if there's anybody. I don't, I think the town sponsors at least one 5K or something, or a 10K or some sort of race. I can, I can reach out to folks in parks to see if there's any interest on yeah that. and i don't think it's something we can do this year right yeah. but i think maybe next year if there is any interest uh, i mean we could even i mean for something just a little silly this year is maybe just create a map of a 5k run you know hey you know for your joggers out there here's a 5k route or something through you know the historic downtown to check it you know that hits all the Landmark properties, or, you know, or several. It could be a run or a bike. Yeah. Run or ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, incorporate one of the maps that we have and, and maybe create a route. Or, you know, there's that group that goes around, they go once once or twice a month, and they do a bike ride um, after business hours and look at all the um, art. Yeah, John Mankin's group. Yeah. yeah. You know, if they did... Castle Cruisers. Yeah, yep. Castle Cruisers. Yeah. We kind of hit more pubs than we look at. Well, I know, but we could do something <laughs> cool. like that maybe with the historic buildings, a, a bike, yeah. um, biking group or yeah. something like that, yeah. And that way you could get all ages involved. Yeah, in I'm in that group at Castle yeah. Cruisers. Okay. <coughs> uh, John, John Manka runs that, right? Yeah, John does. Yeah, John does, yeah. yeah. I, can, I can ask him about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I reached to like an organization like that, like, hey, 
you know, it's, it's our historic preservation month, you know, go out, do that. Please take a bunch of pictures and, and get that to us so that we can market that up. Jared? Well, we've had some other harebrained ideas over the years. Anybody got any, <laughs> any others? No? Mr. Rowland, anything else on that one? Well, one thing I had on the artwork or idea is kind of similar, and, and I don't know how we would time this. It would, it would probably not work for this year, but future <laughs> years would be, you know, for the Christmas card. You know, it, the, one of the prizes was actually being on the Christmas card. You know, your artwork was used for it. So, you know, if we continue to do these kind of posters, you know, maybe we do it earlier in the year. I think we, we've passed that point for this year, but make it, hey, with the prizes, your artwork's going to be utilized for the Historic Preservation Month mm -hmm. poster. So like the sidewalk poster or yep. the when I think that's what our thought yeah. process was behind, like, you know, creating the coloring books out of it, right? As, yeah. you know, at some point, if we had enough of these, right, we'd select the top however many, right? And, and essentially make the, and you know, make that. that, yeah, make that coloring book. Okay. Um, but, yeah, maybe in the meantime, though, it, it, it becomes something else. Yeah, so last, yeah, so that would be kind of like the coloring book, you know, it could be handed out to local, res you know, downtown restaurants that, um, that month, so that'd be kind of easy to you know just print out, potentially and hand out for this year. Um, I know last year on on the placemats, I think I went to all the restaurants like the Thursday before Mother's Day weekend because I wanted to get it in front of I, what I was afraid of. If I gave it to them in the beginning of the month, <laughs> they they would just stick it. You know, the the mm -hmm. busser the the hostess would kind of just stick it in a cabinet and it would wouldn't come out. So I figured. Give it to them the busy, you know, the Friday, the Thursday, Friday before, you know, their big rush where they have a lot of families. And um, if you have any thoughts on, you know, if we want to do the coloring book similar way, if we were to move forward, or if the placemat, um, if you wanted me to get those out earlier or, or do something similar. You know, I don't know of a family that doesn't go out to dinner, especially with little ones, and. The, a restaurant always gives the yeah. child crayons, and could we do pictures of the various historic buildings around and let the restaurants use give those out for coloring? I, I can bring a copy of the placemat that we've oh, done the okay. last couple of years. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, that's what we've tried to okay, yeah sorry. somewhat do. Um, I think I did about 10, 10 restaurants, and I, I gave see. them about okay. somewhere like I don't know thirty or forty of them. Yeah, I think that's year three. Yeah, I think you actually went and handed them out. That, well, Desi's always been the one that handed them out. I just created yeah. them. Okay. <laughs> this year, I went. I, yeah, this year I actually went and handed out the the again, and I, I did that like the Friday before Mother's Day because I could just I wanted it fresh on a busy weekend. I figured, okay. um, you know, if you gave them to them on May first, you know, maybe they, you know. They yeah. just get stuck in a cabinet or something and not handed out. <clears throat> and I, yeah, I'm trying to remember how many years we've done those placemats because we may have enough. We might not have enough graphics already to essentially create a small coloring book of some sort or activity book or something, right? Because I mean, we always had 
you know, a couple things for the kids to color, a couple activities, like there was a word search, there was, uh, you know, the maze type things on there. There's a few, and I honestly forget what this year's placements look like, so. I'll send them out if people want to maybe look at them and maybe mock up anything they'd like to add for the next meeting. But yeah, maybe maybe we take that and just yeah create like a little activity book yeah. for this year and you know one it's easier for the restaurants to probably you know keep on hand right versus a big placemat yeah um, and you know it's also probably a lot easier for the kid to take with them and finish or something versus oh leaving it on the table you know I got food and right. drink and stuff all over it or, you know leave it and forget about it two minutes after they walk out the door versus take it home and maybe finish it and oh yeah it's historic preservation month like when the parents walk by right and remember that kind of thing i can look at yeah the logistics of printing out an activity book i don't know if we can just do it easily on the printer or if we would have to source that out so i know the pr previous year we just we just printed it on our you know our normal printing kind of budget for development services you know it wasn't that big of a deal to print out the 500 you know it was a couple of reams of paper um and so that just but with an activity book we may have to go get that done somewhere uh, or maybe it just becomes you know eight and a half by 11 sheets and yeah. they get stapled in the upper left hand yep. corner right yeah. or something you know. yeah we put together fancy yeah okay. we don't we don't need this bound okay. in any way shape or form right like <laughs> yeah yeah i mean again that would be very simple to print out a bunch you know through the you know the development services printer you know and they think staples itself so that would not be a, a heavy lift mm -hmm. that would be the same thing as the placemats um so yeah. we can i yeah i'll send out the placemats and, and i'll look at see if we have any other type of artwork or stuff there in, in our folders there's some from educational and other outreach programs over the years so i can kind of just send out what we have and if somebody would want to go through it and, and kind of put together a couple page maybe we use steamboat willie doing the tour of castle rock <laughs> hey hey he's up for grabs mayor pro tem lafleur you can refresh my memory i forget the watercolor artist that we helped cover some costs on for the painting that is over at the museum now if i'm not mistaken oh yeah cindy welch yeah she did oh. the yeah the firehouse she's done uh, several of our historic buildings as well we commissioned her for the museum uh painting i'm wondering if maybe we can reach out to her and see if she has any you know sketches or something that she'd be willing to uh, allow us to use for this activity because uh, I know when she, when we can when we had her do that painting she brought in like her initial like sketches of the outside if I'm not mistaken and that's like kind of like when her what she used to like sell us on on that so I wonder if she has a bunch of those like before it was colored yeah exactly yeah you know? Yeah, um, okay. Um, we can ask her because I'm pretty sure when we purchased that painting, when we commissioned her, we purchased the rights to it, but I don't know about like her progress. Yeah, sketching. no, and I'm, I'm wondering, you know, maybe we could just be like, hey, you know, do you got like 
10 sketches of some of the historic buildings in town that we could purchase from you, right? Or whatever. Um, and if it costs us, you know, some money this year or whatever, maybe we could do that. She's very expensive. <laughs> do you remember what year can, that was? We can ask. That was uh, she four gave us or a five deal years ago now? Painting, and that was, I think, 2500 because um, the firehouse, I think, was well over five grand. So she did give us a deal on the museum one. Yeah, I want to say that was four or five years ago that Desi, is that right? Yeah, I think it was maybe th maybe four. And I was trying to remember, before too, I think time. we've done the placemats, the kids' menus, uh, for three years now. Okay, yeah, I couldn't remember. Thank you. Yeah, so... You know, maybe, like I said, I know she had a sketch. Yeah, I'll go through the minutes and see what I can find on that project, and then we can reach out. And I think we partnered with Arts on that, Desi. Is that right? Um, yeah, Maya helped us, I believe. I'm, I'm, I'm getting confused. Maya was a part of the FIRE one because it was the Public Art Commission that pitched, purchased that one. But for the museum one, it was HP that purchased it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was HP for the museum for sure. But I thought we partnered. Mm -hmm. I thought we had split the cost with somebody. Or maybe it was just Miss Welch splitting the cost with us. Uh, no, I think we did reach out for some funding from the Public Art Commission. I know you have some sketches, sir, that you've done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have the... Uh house and the uh, Masonic Lodge. So I think, you know, we, we may have enough stuff, potentially. Mm -hmm. Could be more, I guess. Between now and February. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... Yeah, you're not newlywed or anything. <laughs> All the time in the world. But yeah, somewhere I do have those two back here. Okay. Anything else, anyone? Okay. Mr. Bowen, anything else on your end? Um, for this item, no. Okay. Thank you. Uh, we'll now hear updates from DRB. Mr. Borgelt, Mr. Lang. Uh, well, the news is that we are going to have two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, two. <laughs> so in, one, in one year. Yeah. Because it's been a long time since we've had the last. It has been very long. Yeah, so they'll have December 10th. Um, and then the project that we that you all saw this this evening right. will go, is scheduled for right now the twenty fourth. They still have to notice and everything, so it's not you know written in stone yet. But you know they have the notice ready to go and everything, or you know to print. So barring unforeseen circumstances, we'll have two in this Gen month, and then we'll probably go six months. No. <laughs> I assume you mean January tenth, not December. January. Yeah, January. Okay. Sorry. Uh, so checking quorum for our next meetings. 
I don't have those dates in front of me. February 7th, March 6th. Okay, to the February 7th, yep. March 6th, those dates uh, seem to work for everybody at I'm this good. point in time. Okay, sounds like we'll have quorum for those. Um, Mr. Boland, anything else? Um, so since last we met, town council did act on the downtown historic grants that you recommended and they approved both of them. Um, they also did approve the, the Cantrell School local landmark nomination. Um, I did send out, um, I think it was last month, on the um, Saving Places Conference. Um, I'm personally signed up as is Mayor Pro Tem. Um, we still have an opportunity, you know, there's still time to sign up. Um, the, the, this one's the annual one that is up at Boulder. Yeah. And it's January 31st, February 1st, February 2nd. It's the, yeah, the last, the first week. Um, there you are going to do online though, right? Yes. Yep. And that, that, so if you want to um, get signed up for an on, uh, the online version, we can sign you up too. I, need, I remember last year they all, they offered the recordings like basically to anybody afterwards, if I remember correctly. Or maybe that was a different group. You know, I think they may have like in 2020, 2021. Um, I'll, I'll double check on that. So I remember watching some at one point. Uh, yeah. A few, yeah, a year or two ago, but it was, it's been a while. But yeah, they, did, they do have a separate registration fee for just online version. Yeah, so just, yeah, if, if you want to check it out, we did submit um, for a grant to cover some of the cost. Um, we're on the waiting list um, for that, but um, there's not a huge, there's not a huge difference between the early bird and the normal. So we do, need, as a reminder for, as a CLG, we do need somebody to attend at least one training over the course of the year. That typically hasn't been a problem. Somebody's attended a webinar at least and, and you know, so, but just as a reminder so that we don't, get into August and go, oh, we got to find something for somebody. It is a little harder without Mr. Salinas, but Carlos always have us covered on that. So. I went last year, it was down in San Luis. Mm -hmm. It was all the old churches down mm -hmm. here. And I think Ms. Board Member Borgel uh, did a couple, well, at least one webinar. One, yeah. yeah. At least that you had told me. I'm sure you probably <laughs> did some other continuing education, but yeah, I mean, it was just really... And I can't remember if I informed you, but we did pass our evaluation, if you remember the Lindsay. Mm -hmm. So we did have that. The one comment that she had was that in the next, you know, during this three-year cycle, we may, you know, want to consider updating the HP plan since, you know, that was 2007. Um, I'll probably have that, you know, discussion with um, leadership on, you know, when that would be appropriate to do, um, you know, in conjunction with you know the town's comp plan and other plans you know where does that fit in but that was their you know they said that we're doing a great job and that was their only recommendation is we hadn't we hadn't updated that in a while okay i was i was stressed about that it's keeping me up at night well i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> anything else on your end sir that's it okay does any board member have anything further you'd like to discuss uh, Mayor Pro Tem LaFleur, do you have anything further you'd like to bring up? 
No, thank you for asking. Great conversation tonight, you guys. Okay, thank you, everyone. The time is now 7.42, and I move to adjourn the meeting. Do I hear a second? Thank you, Ms. Borgel. Uh, if we could have a roll call vote, please. Chair Basner? Aye. Vice Chair Lang? Aye. Board Member Evans? Aye. Board Member Borgel? Aye. Board Member Fusinski? Aye. Thank you. Okay, thank you. The meeting is now adjourned. Just because I can. <laughs>